good. My levels are good. I think they are. And my coffee's good too. Yes, it is. You know it's a good day because we're starting off with a song. And the sunshine is good, but daylight savings time mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not good, but the rest of mm-hmm. it is. Oh, yeah. This is Be Createful, a podcast about how we find fullness through creativity. I'm Joe, And I'm Madison. And today on episode 64, we're talking about comparison, the silent killer <laughs> of creativity. <laughs> I don't know that it's always silent. Not always. But I, want, I wanted a little edge to this podcast. Ooh. Okay. Speaking of the silent killer, because yeah. there's two things primarily that kill my creativity. Yeah. Um, can you guess the... F- Comparison and can you guess the other one? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I thought it would be so easy. Oh, I'm joking with you. It's perfection. (laughs) Okay. I'm being facetious. I was thinking, man, I'm so good at faking it till I'm making it. Uh, Perfection. Okay. I think perfectionism is the silent killer. For you. And comparison is the... Not silent killer. The obnoxious... Like the loud killer. The bomb... Of destroying creativity. And maybe because comparison involves like other, the outside world or other things. And perfectionism is mostly in my own head. Well, for me, comparison is normally, it's in my own head. I'm comparing myself to other people. Yeah. Um, And usually they don't know about it until I say something. Where we have that like, well, the reason that I do this now is because I saw you and I really wanted your hair. And they're like, wait, really? And they never know. And you would call that comparison or like inspiration? Um, I think the negative side of inspiration is comparison. Okay. And we will talk about that yeah. further in the podcast. Well, as I was, first of all, I started with a definition, as we do here. Okay. Um, with it. The definition of comparison is finding similarities and dissimilarities between things or people. Well, That's all comparison is. So there's nothing innately negative about comparison. And in fact, it's a literary tool, right? Absolutely. You have to compare and contrast. Yes. You have to write papers with compare and contrast. Yeah, it's a higher level thinking skill that you do need. Mm -hmm. But I think our brains send it into overdrive. Because there is no, in the definition of comparison, there's no um, innate, there's no obvious like, there's uh, not like, ranking. Yeah, I was about to say, there's no hierarchy of like which similarities and differences are better than yeah. others or now, worse. Now, sometimes that happens as you compare. You find them two things to be equal or one to be superlative was a word they used to the other, but not always. Yeah. I think when we compare, we're always doing it from a place of judgment and ranking. Yes. I mean, when I went car shopping, I had to compare different cars so I knew exactly what mm-hmm. I wanted because yeah. sometimes you need... Sometimes it's easier to find out what you don't want in order to figure out what you, you do, do want. want. Yes. <laughs> That's funny because we just had open shop. Well, we're a few weeks ahead at recording for the podcast, so this won't be as relevant yeah. when you're hearing it. We just had open shop this last weekend and um, Mooley was in town mm-hmm. and she was looking at the fabric and trying to decide. She said she didn't really know what she liked. She just knew the ones she didn't like. Oh, yeah. But sometimes that's a helpful place to start. Um, whenever I'm having an issue trying to figure out where to eat with a group of people, I'm like, name three places you don't want to go. And then that helps us figure out where we need to Mm -hmm. go. That's good. Yeah. So there, there's an extra little tip for you today. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) And really not related to comparison at all. No, but you know, you know us, we like a little tangential learning here. Yes. Um, speaking of going to eat though, because I was also thinking of all the time, I want to know what the other person is ordering. Really? That I'm with. Yes. You know, I don't think we eat out enough together in order to have like we have we ever that. eaten out? Once. We went to the Big Orange. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So why do you like to know what someone else orders? Um, because sometimes it helps me make a decision for myself. Like if I'm trying to decide between two things um, and what if like maybe they're going to get one of the things I want, then uh-huh. I can get the other thing and we can share. Yeah. Um, or sometimes it just helps me make a dec- decision if I ask what the other person is getting. Oh, because you're like, oh, I don't, I definitely don't want that. I don't know. Or 
I don't know why. I just like to know. And my <laughs> sister does too. And my dad would never tell us. Like when <gasps> we would go out to eat as a family, he would never tell us. But Hold I also like to you. share food. So I would rather be like, let's get two things we're both interested in and go have these. I do like that. Get to try a little bit of everything. Yes. Um, so I don't know if that has to do with comparison. It was just a random thought yeah. that came into my mind as I was trying to think about comparison. Uh, you know me. I'm always down to talk about food. Mm-hmm. Your nails look like mint chocolate ice cream. Yes. I painted them green because as of time of recording, it's close to St. Patty's Day. Oh, yeah. Mine are green, too. Speaking of comparison, mine are like a lime hot neon green. They're like a Skittle green. Yeah. And Madison's are like a, um, those Easter Cadbury chocolate eggs. Oh, with the candy coating uh-huh. on the outside? Yeah. They're, like they're, one of the, they're like dinner mint green. D- oh, dinner mint green. <laughs> I love that. I can't remember. Oh, this was called You Hula Girl. Like You Go Girl, mm. but... Mm, I like weird. nail polish names, but I don't think that that name fits no. the color. Um, Anyways, so we're talking about comparison. comparison. <laughs> Let me tell you just how ridiculous sometimes comparison can be. And I don't know if this is an Enneagram 3 thing so you can tell me okay about this time last year well last summer i went on a sister and Muli and aunt trip okay and we went to waco and we went to magnolia i had no interest in going to magnolia but it's just something to do when you're there and that's in waco texas right yes. okay. and magnolia would be the joanna Gaines empire <laughs> okay so as we're driving by i find myself being like envious Yes. Of her success. Like comparing Make Do to Magnolia. Which is vastly different. For those who don't know, what does Joanna Gaines do? If you don't know, I don't know how you're even listening to this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) She was in a show called Fixer Upper that was on HGTV. Okay. And launched, I mean, when I say empire, I mean like full on DIY home decor empire. She has colors of paint at maybe Sherwin-Williams or like HGTV Sherwin-Williams at Lowe's. She has a furniture line. They have like an entire store. They have stuff at Target now. Oh, man. They have their own TV network. TV network? Yeah. Who are these people? Oprah? Good night. Do you not know any of this? Like I watched Fixer Upper. I think I binged it when I was... um, uh, when I was working on stuff for my wedding, but I got married around that year when I was like, when it was getting really big, I suppose. And then I heard of Magnolia going up, but I thought, oh, it's just like a little, I don't know, a weird little spot. Oh, no. (laughs) Apparently I am, I am one of those people who maybe I should listen to this. Maybe I shouldn't be listening. No, no, no. But you have heard of her name. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't know that people, that there would be people that didn't know that she's taken over the world. I guess. I just see her as like, oh, it's just someone else who's putting something else at Target. Yeah, see, that's nice. I was immediately feeling envious (laughs) that I don't have a make-do empire. I don't want a make-do empire. Oh, you don't want to sell paint colors at Sherwin-Williams? No, I mean... I wouldn't mind a nail polish collaboration with Olive and June. Dude, that would be so cool. <laughs> but I um, I guess the whole point is that I was having these feelings of jealousy toward her, a woman I do not know, because of her apparent success in an industry I am not involved in and also a level of success that... I am not aspiring to. Mm-hmm. And yet still, I had to fight down the, the comparison monster when it didn't matter. I mean, it wasn't even apples and oranges. It, it's like apples and rye bread. I, I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. like things that are completely different. So in that, in, in your situation, comparison was the gateway to this, to this envy mm-hmm. of someone else, but it really started out with Okay, we're both... I think comparison kind of starts out when you find some similarities. You're both women. Right. You are both creative. And I would say that both of you have an interest in interior design. Or like business owners. Yep, business owners. And then... I was almost on a TV show. She had her own TV show. (laughs) Yes. So 
then from those similarities, you then started to think, oh, well, what's different? Yes. Okay. So that's a good point that you brought up is that comparison typically starts when there is a level of similarity. Yeah. Because like, I'm not comparing myself to Tom Brady. Because you have absolutely no interest. <laughs> right. I in almost football. couldn't even remember his name. <laughs> so for me, um, there's a lady on YouTube. Her name is, is Rachel Makesy. And she um, she's a vintage lover. She also does cosplay. And she does some home decor and DIY. And it's all the things that I like. So I would start comparing myself to mm. her. I'm like, well am I a better sewer? And the answer is yes, because she's just learning how to sew. But I would like compare myself to her, but she has so many followers on Instagram and so many videos on YouTube. And a little part of me is like, I could totally do that. Right. I kind of wish I had that. But then I think about it and I remember all of the, um, all of the videos and, and posts that she makes about missing deadlines and feeling attached to YouTube. And I can't stand that. Mm -hmm. I want my life to be something where I have a lot of control over it and having, you know, having my job be attached to a media platform like that is the opposite. Make do allows me a lot of freedom and control. Yeah. And so, and, uh, and we're like media light. <laughs> a little bit. We're like just enough for me to like enjoy talking into a micro, like get the experience of talking mm -hmm. into a microphone and being on camera, but not enough where I have to be there every week and feel the pressure of looking good being there and performing. Right. Because, I mean, we have a YouTube channel, but we haven't posted on it in a year. No. Like <laughs> the main thrust of my job is interacting with kids and people, which is what I would really want. Yes. The other would be so isolating. Right. Except for when you go to like conventions and then you're overrun with people, but you never get deep connection. No. So maybe this might be jumping into the tips, but I think it fits well. And I, I hadn't mm -hmm. thought about it before, but sometimes it is, then the process we need to walk through is what is it about what she does that you're comparing to or that you are envy, that you have mm -hmm. envy for or that you want, because it's not the whole package like you just said. Mm -hmm. And if you can name what it is do you actually already have those things? Mm -hmm. So like, let's go back to um, my <laughs> feelings toward Magnolia. Yeah. What is it about that that I am desiring and yeah, do what you want am I your, comparing to? You wouldn't want your own make-do bakery to make, no. make do treats. And I don't like being super busy, but what I do want is to do something really well. Yes. And and to be impressive in the thing that I'm doing. And so they definitely are impressive. Mm -hmm. But then I have to think, am I already achieving some of that at Make Do? And the answer is yes. Absolutely. Like we are, what we are doing here at Make Do is happening with excellence. Every time I mention Make Do, someone's like, oh, that's so cool. Or if they really don't know about us, they're like, we have something like that in Cersei. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And the excellence, that's also not just tooting our own horn. Like we still exist and are able to be excellent because people participate. Yes, with exactly. Do. So we do it's not a symbiotic relationship with our community. Absolutely. We could not exist without them. Mm -mm. I'm so grateful for them. Um, but yeah, uh, I like what you said about finding out what it is that you want when you have already entered that envy stage. Yeah. Because that, that's really going to help me moving forward. I do have this theory, though, about when this comparison issue starts. Um, so I think at around 10 years old, we all start to see um, other kids doing things really well or start to like figure out what your niche is, whether it be drawing or sports, dancing or writing. And you start to notice like, oh, we're not just kids playing anymore. We're starting to get into these skills and things that we enjoy doing. Mm. And then just a few years later, you hit your teenage years and you start to feel awkward and very insecure about the person that you're becoming. Mm -hmm. And so that comparison just further increases. But all of that is happening internally. So people on the outside, you may see your fellow classmates, you know, seemingly doing so well. 
and never really knowing on the inside that they're just feeling just as awkward as you are. Right. Because they might be doing so well in the one thing you wish you were doing well at, but then they're not doing so well in the thing that you are. Yes. So I always think of people who say, oh, I can't draw. I'm like, no, no, no. You can draw. You just may, may not be able to draw in the way you wish you could draw. Right. Or you haven't been practicing drawing since you were six because you yes. didn't care about it then. And so you haven't, you didn't develop the skills. Exactly. So, and I think as we move from our teenage years and into our adult years that we never get a chance to really fight or talk about that that comparison that we have with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just causes a lot of, I think, internal issues and maybe some external ones because it does influence what you do. Um, and there are certain things that people are expected to be good at based on either their gender or their race or their height or something, right? And so if you happen to be good at the thing that people would expect you to be good at, if mm-hmm. you're a boy who is good at sports then you aren't, you maybe aren't dealing with this identity sort of searching Mm -hmm. at a young age. So then it's not until later when you're not good enough at sports Mm -hmm. that you have to kind of address some of these issues. Exactly. And the really hard part about all of this is that we are unique human beings and that's beautiful and wonderful, but it makes comparison very difficult because we are so different and unique from each other. What you're good at is going to be vastly different than somebody else mm-hmm. and your situation, the things that you cannot control is going to be different than somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And that all plays an influence into what you do, how you look, the way that you live your life. And this is another reason why I hate fake it till you make it, mm. because if I am not being open and authentic with the things that are difficult for me, then it's a a lot easier for people to look at me and think everything is rosy all the time and compare themselves to something that is not the whole picture or even true. Well, and you're not even able to fully be transparent because no one is going to truly know what it's like to be you 24 seven. They, someone may see your, um, see what you do at make do and even your lifestyle that you post on Facebook and think, oh, I really wish my life was like that. But they don't know what it's like to be you at 2 a.m. They don't know what it's like to deal with, you know, with Pip and with, you know, trying to take care of yourself. I know. It's a rough time, people. Mm -hmm. Do not envy each other. (laughs) Um, So that makes whatever comparison someone is doing with you um, almost like invalid or maybe not invalid. Maybe that's a little strong. It doesn't make it fair because what you may be comparing. Com- <laughs> wow. Comparison. <sighs> what you are comparing is not on the same level. Like in science, when you're, or even in literature, when you're comparing things, they need to be fairly similar. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, you need that. You need that same level of, or a similar level of like, okay, these things are kind of similar. Now I can tell what's different. Yeah. You're not going to compare you to a football player right because that just there would just be too many differences or if you are then you have to be very clear in what the comparison is yes um i lost my thought we're having a lot of traffic drive-by and stuff today i'm feeling a little distracted i know well i feel like we've had this like interesting spring energy it's getting warmer we're kind of feeling we've got a lot that's going on in the studio Mm -hmm. so i just feel very like "Mm." There's a lot I of did, things. Yeah, a little wired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pip was feeling it this morning. She was running around the oh, studio. Yeah, she was a little wild. Um, okay. Is there a way to have this conversation internally? Like, um, I think sometimes it's assumed that we're comparing ourselves to other people, mm-hmm. but there can also be a level of interpersonal comparison. Ooh. So, like... So comparing you to younger you or hope what you wish future you was like. So let's say, you know, I look at pictures and I think, ugh, I wish I looked like that still. Mm -hmm. Like, or, um, oh, I think it's easy to have this conversation in terms of, um, 
like body perception. Mm. Like you feel a certain way, you feel too big or like too too anything, fill mm-hmm. in the blank. But then later when I go back and look at pictures and I think, oh, I didn't look like how I thought that I did. And yeah. I wish I looked like that now. <laughs> like there's yes. just always that comparison or comparing a really good day, like when you have a really good uh, either fun day, good day in your relationships, or like if I have a very productive day mm-hmm. and then I compare my worst days to that. Yeah. Um, the situations are totally different. Mm-hmm. So it's not fair to say, oh, well, this day where everything went wrong in comparison to where everything went pretty well. Or you almost make the that perfect day be the standard when that's oh your ultimate highs yeah when that's not fair like your average should be yes stand you know yes. what you're comparing things based on i think that's the issue with social media is because so many people are posting their highlights mm. um and so then you compare yourself to someone's absolute best day and if you're doing that when you're having a really bad day your mental health is going to take a hit or even the best moment someone had from a day mm-hmm. or something, because that's what we typically want to share. So then when it feels like people are always sharing that kind of stuff, and you think, does nothing ever go wrong? Here is a Madison hot take. I don't think we were meant to be as inundated with other people's lives as we are now. Mm-mm. So I think it would be very helpful for our little comparison games that we played if we spent less time well, on social media. Like in the warrior, warrior, I can never say that word, yeah. sense, like where you are, we're inundated with people's lives as observers, yes. not in community. like Not, not with helping, connection. Yeah, not helping people like walk through their lives or be connected in kind of that village sense. Um, I think it's the same thing on a global scale. Mm. Like, I don't think if you, if you look back at people were living in a certain area and you knew what was going on in your area, but did you know what was going on everywhere else? No, you didn't. And can we handle the pressure and the sadness and the gravity of an entire globe? So, Uh, We talked about this earlier, about comparing uh, struggles and grief. Um, Mm. That that's not really a good way to deal with pain or suffering. Right. To compare it with someone else's. Like Um, that you're what you're going through isn't as bad as what someone else is going through. So then you shouldn't be sad or you shouldn't be grieving. Yes. So as a way to dismiss your feelings, that's Mm -hmm. not fair. And even other therapists will tell you, it's not a good idea to compare your suffering to someone else's because even though perhaps if we looked at things objectively, your suffering fits in the palm of your hand, it's still suffering and painful. Mm-hmm. Just because someone else has a backpack full of suffering doesn't negate the fact that you are still holding on to some suffering. Mm-hmm. Um So again, that comparison game of, oh, we've both been in pain, but yours is so much more than mine. So I... I, my feelings are totally negated. Right. Is not fair and not healthy. No. Um, and I think we experience levels of that with social media in both the, wow, they're going through a really rough time. I have it really good, so I need to put on this happy face. And the, wow, they have it going so great right now. My life isn't like that, so I should feel disappointed in the level of... Uh, value I'm getting out yes. of my life. To the suffering point, I think what it can do, if we can let go of that instinct to compare and rank, mm-hmm. um, it could potentially be a catalyst for gratitude. Yeah. So to be able to look at someone else's suffering and say, the suffering I'm feeling is very real to me, but how? what can I practice gratitude and mm-hmm. let someone else's suffering be what shows you your own gratitude. Yes. Like our gas prices are really high right now. That sucks. That is, yes. Yeah. People are suffering because of it. But also 
like I slept all night last night without bombs, <clears throat> without bombs going off or I, you know, my family is safe like, and not to dismiss it, it, not as a way of dismissing because you can't dismiss, you know, the fact that your finances are taking a certain hit because of right. gas prices. Right. But what you can do is just the way that you view what's going on perspective. With you. Yeah. yeah. You can hold it all in perspective. It's that, you know, you hold, you have to learn how to hold both at the same time. And that's a struggle for human beings. Well, and it is then if we can shift how we think about comparison away from a measure of hierarchy and ranking and into a method of gratitude mm-hmm. or pers- uh, perspective. That's yeah. what I mean. Like if we shift away from hierarchy and into a method of perspective, mm-hmm. a catalyst for perspective, then it can actually be healthy. Yeah. I actually do really like that. It, it fits into what you mentioned about, um, how do I explain this? Instead of, never mind, I've lost it. It's totally gone. <laughs> Someone has some. A dad has a little child on his shoulders walking by, and it's very cute. Oh. <laughs> dad, he it. ruined it. Yes, cute dads. I know with kids Ugh. in overalls. Oh, the, yeah, the kid is wearing overalls. I mean, not it's, the dad. It's and the precious. dad is carrying a sippy cup. <laughs> Help us all. I'm so sorry, y'all. It's okay. <laughs> y'all, welcome to welcome to our musings in the studio. Okay, the grass is always greener. That would be a comparison cliche. Ooh, yes. Uh-huh. Again, there's grass on your side, there's grass on their side, but for whatever reason, it looks greener over there. And I think it's because you're not taking care of that grass. <gasps> you're not taking care of yourself? Yeah, that's probably why. I have a friend of mine. No, that's not what I mean. You're not taking care of, I don't mean your grass is brown because you're not taking care of your grass. Oh. I mean that grass looks greener because you're not the one that's having to take care of that grass. Like when food tastes better because you don't have to cook it. Yep. Oh, for sure. Because things, you can imagine things being so much easier Mm -hmm. when someone else is doing Mm -hmm. it. And you are at a distance from it as well. So everything looks better from a distance. Absolutely. People, animals, art. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of art that up close is a hot, hot mess. And then when you step back, you're like, you see it all come together. Um, I definitely look better from a distance. (laughs) From a distance. (laughs) I think, oh, part of that distance makes me think about how people don't appreciate all of the things that we have and that are made. Like you're from a distance. You don't know what it takes to make something until you become a maker. And then you realize, ooh. There's so much that goes into creating this thing. Or food. Oh, yeah. Um, I've really got to check myself with that because I I often see something on social media. I'm like, oh, I want to make that. That looks so cool. But then I forget how much time and effort that other person put into that. Mm-hmm. And then I start making it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I'm standing at the beginning of several DIY projects trying to figure out which what I want to do first and they all require significant amount of work like lots of steps Um, and then I think do I really want to do that what does this have to do with comparison I don't know if it has anything to do with comparison except that you have maybe it it is it is a comparison to the vision I have in my head or like Mm -hmm. you know what I want but then it's all the steps I have to do to get there and then you can see someone else that's already there I just and the work of, is already done. So again, that comparison is, is the way that you are like viewing things that are going on in your life. And depending on how you use comparison, it can change how you feel about certain projects or people or your own life situation. You mentioned kids um, start comparing around 10. Mm-hmm. Do you see much comparison going on in your sewing classes? I do. Um, our classes start at age eight. And typically when they're really young, like eight years old, mm-hmm. they're just happy to be there and get it done. Mm-hmm. It's the older ones that look over to the person next to them and they say, that person's stitching doesn't look like mine. Mine's bad. And I have to start explaining to them, no, 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 you're learning. It's okay to, for your yeah. stitching to look different. 
Because some people will, and I have to tell them this too, some people take to sewing much easier than others. Right. Everyone's different. So you can't compare yourself to someone who maybe has a sewing machine at home or who has sewn at home before, but they're taking this class so that they can take other classes at make do. Mm -hmm. You don't, again, with that child, you don't know what's going on with that person. Because most of these kids, they don't know each other. Right. Um, do they, when they look at someone else's stitching and they say theirs is better than mine, does it encourage them to improve their own or are they like mine will never be good? Oh, typically it's the latter. I have yet to see a kid go, oh, I wish my stitching looked like that. I'm going to work 10 times harder. Right. So... Let that be a lesson to any parents out there who are like, oh, I just, I want my kid to be more like this. Or if I point my kid to this other kid, maybe they will want to be more like them. Very rarely does that ever motivate a child to do better. Mm -hmm. It has to come from within and without comparison to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that internal versus external motivation. And someone who has internal motivation is going to do a much better job of whatever they're doing versus someone who has that external motivation of comparison, of per, of uh, societal expectations, Pleasing all of that. other people. Yeah. Because um, that'll build resentment. Yeah. With the adults, um, I don't know. They wouldn't be as vocal mm-hmm. on, you know, like that they are comparing what they are sewing to someone else. Um and I always challenge everyone not to, I think I've said this before, but not to point out their own mistakes because your first quilt is not going to be perfect. Your hundredth quilt is not going to be perfect. And you don't need to be self-deprecating and point out your mistakes when someone compliments you on your work. However, I always point out my mistakes mm-hmm. as someone who has sewn hundreds of quilts yes. um, to prove that it's never going to be perfect. Even mine aren't perfect. So why would you expect yours to be? And so I think that can be another healthy level of comparison because if mine, and I mean, I'm not winning ribbons on my quilts. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm the best quilter in the world, but I am an experienced quilter. Um, And so I like to help set expectations and use mine and my mistakes as an example of realistic expectations. Again, using comparison to shift someone's perspective Mm -hmm. on their own creation. Mm -hmm. I still, I would still be willing to bet that adults wouldn't be motivated by someone else's perfect stitching. No, but I think what they can be motivated by is someone else's progress. By seeing someone go from not being able to sew well to yes by someone else's first project that is really wonky and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and if they look at it and they're like that's not that bad Mm -hmm. but if you really look at it yes it is but bad was never good or bad was never the point yeah right and so um I think that that can be the motivating factor, that growth is possible. It's like any before and after. Well, and that requires some level of connection or storytelling between two people. Part of what makes what makes Make Do special is that we are here within a community, and so we can watch people go from one, from not knowing anything about sewing to making several quilts and um, allowing themselves to be enveloped in a new hobby well and any you know the there's quilt guilds all over the country that do that or crafty bloggers that's what they're doing is telling stories and showing their old stuff and their new stuff and their process I think a lot of people like to see the the messy middle of Mm -hmm. something um, because it helps you again just have a connection to what you can expect. And then you're not so down on yourself when you mess something up. That's why I feel like I have a better relationship with uh, Rachel Makesy as a creator because all of her content is about showing you her messy middle and going through learning how to sew and still having a good time doing it. And Mm -hmm. so it helps me with my comparison issues of 
wow, I really, you know, I would like to have some, some level of notoriety for the things that I do. Um, but I can kind of set that aside because I know that that notoriety comes with a certain amount of responsibility. Yeah. And why do you want the notoriety? I mean, I get it. It's mm-hmm. not a judgment. Yeah. But um, I think I just want my creations to be seen and appreciated. Yeah. And for the most part, they are. Uh huh. Especially at Sunday church. <laughs> I get a, people ask me, did you make that hat? Or, oh, it was so funny. I had, my parents were so kind and they brought me this lovely 1960s, I think it's like some sort of worsted wool secretary suit. Oh, it was so good. So I put some purple accessories with it. And my mom looked at my hat and she goes, did you sew that last night? (laughs) I said, no, I had it already. I sewed it a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) But would it be more impressive if I had sewed it last night? Although it's funny that she mentioned that about this particular hat because I I had another outfit that I did actually sew it for the oh, night before. I was yeah. like, I'm going to make this hat the yeah. night before. Um, oh, I, we're, we're having a hard time holding on to our thoughts today. And now the Wednesday sirens, sirens are yeah, going off. It's just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling that like uh, crazy energy today. Just the kind of spastic, the, like Wah. the spring, spring fever, spring fever. I was like, I was thinking spring vibes, spring cleaning. We can do with spring, spring vibes. Spring fever, for sure. I think there's a level of comparison. Well, okay, let me back that up. I often compare myself to you, Joe. Mm. I compare myself to you. Which is, I mean, there are some similarities. We're creative people. Also, we're around each other a lot. Yes, and we work at the same place. Mm-hmm. But the things that we do are very different. Mm-hmm. And so there are some times when I just want to be like you because you're cool. And so I take on things that I'm like, oh, yeah, I can totally do that when I'm not quite sure if like core Madison is ready for that or wanting to do that. Do you feel like you take those things on from a sense of pressure or like a desire to grow or just th- trying to fit into a Joe mold? I think it is, it is kind of complicated. I see, I mean, you're a little bit older than I am. I see how hard you work and how dedicated you are. And those are things that I want in my life. And so there are certain things that I do want to try and copy from you. But the reality is, is that my situation is different mm-hmm. than yours. And so the things that work for in our personalities, yeah. the things that work for you won't work for me. Because then you realize I have no work boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, I don't want that. Yeah. there. Are, <laughs> I mean, there's certain things that I want out of life that are different than mm-hmm. yours. And none of that is bad. Mm-hmm. It's just... I have to kind of keep in check. What is it that I actually want from you? Right. Or and like you want can't to have... replicate. If you don't want to sacrifice what I sacrifice, you can't have what I have. You can't do what I do. Yeah. And there's other things that, you know, there are things that I want to have that means that other things Mm -hmm. will have to go. Mm -hmm. So. I compare myself to you and you know all of the anime and songs and other things that the kids know. And I'm like, I'm not that kind of cool. But you don't want to spend time playing Dungeons and Dragons or listening to music or watching the things that I watch, right? No, because I'm doing work. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm having really unhealthy work boundaries during those times. (laughs) Yeah, there's other things that you want to do. So, okay, I think this is an excellent time to start talking about tips that we have. Okay. Um, So I think what we're already talking about here and what we've already really touched on is... um, Reminding ourselves that the whoever or whatever we're comparing ourselves to could be in a vastly different situation than we are. Mm-hmm. And they have different priorities than we do. Mm-hmm. So just comparing of, oh, I want to be as successful as Joanna Gaines. You have to think about the context and the way in which that situation came about for her and about how the things that you want and the values that you have play into your situation. Mm-hmm. Also, things outside of your control. Right. That's something you need to consider as right. well. 
And someone else is having success because of things outside of their control too. Absolutely. I mean, COVID is an excellent example of businesses. That was a make or break time, Mm -hmm. continues to be for small business. And the fact that make do is still standing is kind of luck of the draw. Yeah. I mean, the way that in which we were able to pivot and then I was able to be here. And And we've talked about this before, but we were able to make masks Mm -hmm. because we did that. We made it through 2020. Like it just was, we still made decisions that put us in a healthy place, but we also were standing on the right side of the elephant, like just accidentally. And sometimes that can't be helped. You need Mm -hmm. to keep those things in mind. If you're in a situation where you have that unhealthy comparison going mm-hmm. on, when you're feeling envy, all of that. I had a similar tip. It was to uh, name your fruit. Like, name your fruit. Like, <laughs> recognize apples and oranges. And what is it that you're putting out into the world? And right? well, because the cliche is that you can't compare apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. And so, but all the fruit gets put into the fruit bowl mm-hmm. together. And actually, the fruit looks good together. Mm -hmm. Like it has an aesthetic, right? When you mix things up. And so, uh, but you can't, if you're an apple, you can't look over at the orange and think, oh man, I wish that my skin was a little bit bumpy. I love that texture, Mm -hmm. but you're an apple. You don't have bumpy orange skin. You have smooth apple skin. (laughs) This feeds beautifully into one of my other tips, which was focused on what you do best. So the fruit Uh and what it is that you add to the world. Mm. If you, and this kind of also goes back to when we were talking about bloom where you're planted last week, last, no, two weeks ago. Yeah. Wait, no, last, it was last week. I think. Yeah, it was last week. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) If you're a tulip or an orange, Mm -hmm. quit trying to be a violet or an apple. The world does not need Everyone to be the same thing. Mm -hmm. What you are giving to this world is valuable. And if you try to change that, then you are robbing the world of your potential and your unique abilities. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to be like somebody else. Mm -hmm. The world doesn't need two Joanna Gaines, Joe. It needs a Joanna Gaines. Target does not have enough room. And it needs a Joe. We need both. Um, Similarly, I think I was trying to decide which way to say this. Either keep your eyes on your own paper Or stay in your lane. I think that they're both kind of similar. Um, I'm always joking when when we're getting ready for the podcast and I lay my notebook down and I'll be like, Madison, don't look. (laughs) What did you tell me today? I said, Joe, I'm never interested to look. Like I have no desire. Right. Like we want to have a, a conversation. Like I'm on your team of like, we, we need to have a genuine conversation and sneaking a peek Helps no one other than, ha, 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 I snuck a peek at your paper. <laughs> yeah, and what difference does it make? It and doesn't. I think that that's just an instinct of mine because I'm always so curious. Just like I want to know what someone else is ordering. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know who is who else is playing the game. Who's going to be there? Who, like, I guess, who do I need to show up as in mm-hmm. this situation? So it can be kind of silly. But um you were saying, you know, know what you're good at and know what it is that you're offering the world and do that really well. You don't need to do all the other things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you are looking around at everyone else's paper or if you are wishing you were driving in another lane, then you can't focus on what it is that you're here to do or what you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. There, I, I think back to my famous artist class, so many of them tried to they they started off in the art world by you know painting and drawing realistic things being typical artists but then they branched out and did their own thing like Frida Kahlo or Picasso um or Van Gogh where they saw the world in a unique way or saw themselves in a unique way and found ways to capture that that weren't always popular but they have become staples and and canon in the art world mm-hmm. and if they chose not to be themselves our world would be lesser for it. And the reason that they stand out is because they did something different. And the things that they did, I think specifically of, of Frida Kahlo, not everything she did was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it was weird and strange and she painted herself a lot, which was also kind of weird. 
but she has left such an impact on not just the art world, but culture, mm-hmm. just pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Well, they are also good examples of your impact is not always happening congruently, like at the same time as your actions. Oh, boy. Van Gogh and Frida Kahlo, they were not popular until years after they were dead. Mm-hmm. So the impact that you're leaving behind, you may not get to experience right now. So you can't compare, if we're boiling it down to impact, you can't compare your impact to someone else's. Yeah. Like if you don't know. If you're concerned with your legacy versus someone else's, mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going to happen in 20 years after you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, in keeping with stay in your lane and keep your eyes on your own paper, I would say really try to limit your social media intake. Like you can find inspiration on Pinterest and Instagram and all those cool places. I do it too. But I, if you look hard enough or, or if you're checking in with yourself, you'll know when you've hit your limit, mm-hmm. when you are starting to compare yourself. What Are there certain signs for you that you know it's happening, it's too much? You know, I didn't. I didn't even think that far about it. I don't know. Are there are there signs for well, you? Well, you just said you'll know your limits. So, well, how do you know? I mean, I have a, I guess, an internal monologue, or like when I'm scrolling through, when I start to come up with these ideas of things that I need to do, a list of things that I need. Oh, well, I need to be doing this and this and this. It's that I need moment for mm. me. Like with my Monday mendings, I was like, oh, I need to get this done. And I would be a better person if I checked off this, 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 and this. It's usually at that point where I'm like, mm, I'm trying to, to force myself into something that doesn't quite fit me. Mm. I think for me, it would be when it kind of shifts from a, an inspiration idea gathering situation to a comparison one is when I start to question myself, like my own abilities, or when I start to get analysis paralysis, not in the sense of, it's always hard when you're looking at a blank page. So Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. But it's when I start to question taste, like, is this good or not? Mm -hmm. Um, Over, like excessively. Because not everything I design I mean, I just designed for make do, but not Mm -hmm. everything is good, but I can, if I show it to you and you have a positive response, I can trust that, especially if I've been kind of liking it, but it's when I start to nitpick the things that I'm doing and having a level of, I think this is where perfection and comparison go hand in hand because that is when it's too much for me. Now on the flip side of that, sometimes I will go to social media with a critical eye, like mm-hmm. with the intention of finding the imperfections in other people's stuff so that mm-hmm. I can remind myself perfection isn't the point. Does that make sense? Not that I'm trying to tear them down mm-hmm. to make myself better, but I'm going like, oh, at first, like this fulfilled its purpose. This little catchy quote that someone made in Canva fulfilled its purpose. So perhaps, and it's not perfect and I would change this and this, but what difference does it make? Yes. So a critical eye in the sense of you're going at it with a with a mind that's looking for um that's really trying to I don't know if there's a better way to put it than critical eye, but there's a process that your brain goes through instead of just mindlessly drinking in the feed mm-hmm. versus okay, this is a picture of someone on the beach. You know, they have, they're on vacation, they're having a good time, but I'm aware that they are not having a good time all of the time. Well, or I guess this might be a little, this might be a niche thing because I make graphics for make do. Mm-hmm. So it could be a matter of, oh my gosh, I know we need to make a graphic with a quote on it and I could spend two hours trying to pick what font are we going to use? How big does it need mm. to be? What colors? Like nitpicking all of that because I want it to be perfect. So I can go to an account that shares a lot of quotes and I can say, oh, wait a minute. This is really simple what they did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be so complicated. And it works. This is what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. This stopped my scroll. I don't need to do more. So that's what I mean. Like okay. going with... And when I say critical, I, I guess I mean, um, like in art class, 
Um, like a discerning you eye? Do, you, well, you do critique. So anytime yeah. you make something, everyone stands around and critiques it. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is to make you a better artist. And it could be talking about things that you did well or things that it's you both, could improve right, on. Right, it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so there's a difference in like that kind of critique and I guess we would call it constructive criticism mm-hmm. um, and just being critical and judgmental for the sake of lifting yourself up. Yeah, because you don't want to do that kind of comparison no. either. That will turn you into a pretty negative person. Right. So what it does for me is it frees me of my expectations of perfection. Mm-hmm. So when sometimes comparison can be an obstacle for me, I can flip it, invert it, if you will, and use it as a way to eliminate my expectations. Excellent. Well, eliminate is oh, a strong word, yeah. but minimize. Okay. So what's your next tip? Uh, this is my last one, mm. and it is to celebrate other people's achievements. Oh, yeah. So I can be happy for Joanna Gaines. Good for her. She is shattering shiplap ceilings everywhere. <laughs> but that has to come from a place of... I'm not trying to do what she's doing. Right. So I'm going to celebrate her. And that comes from a place of an abundance mindset, right? That's what I was going to say. So that was a few episodes ago. I don't remember what number that we talked about um, scarcity and abundance. Well, we just kind of defined those things. We didn't dive too deep in how to practice either of them. Um, But this would be an example of how to practice an abundance mindset uh, because comparison comes from a place of scarcity, not abundance. And there is enough room for all the Joannas and all the Joes and everything in between. Exactly. I love that. Um, so I have I have two more tips, actually. Oh, look at you go. Yes. Okay. So remind yourself that you don't have the full story. This mm. is specifically more geared towards that social media when other people are sharing their story. Uh-huh. Um, you don't know what's going on in their life. And in some ways that can bring some comfort of, you know, maybe this is the one thing that they're really good at and this is, this is how they give back to the world. So trying to compare yourself to that is not quite fair because that not, may not be the only thing that you're interested in doing. Right. Um, and you may not want what it actually costs to be that. Exactly. You may. Like we were talking about earlier. And then my last tip is think about the reasons of why and how you do what you do. So again, think about the time and effort that it takes to get to that situation, Mm -hmm. like Joanna Gaines or Rachel Makesy or whoever it is that you're idolizing. Um, And think about if that's something that you want to do. And then look at your own life and think, am I I good with the way that I'm spending my time and effort? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, then that's where you should change instead of trying to change to be like someone else. Mm-hmm. Because to do that, something's going to have to give. Like, what are you, what do you want to give up in your life? Yeah, you're not going to find time hidden underneath a rock. What? Something, I know, right? Well, you will in the fall. <laughs> in the fall. Ooh, here, here's some time. Here's an hour. Here's an hour. Um, you know, you're going to have to change up your priorities. Mm-hmm. So be aware of that when you're comparing yourself to somebody else. Are you willing to... Do what you got to do to get there. Mm-hmm. Or are you even capable of doing that? Is that something you want to do? Right. So, yeah. That's all my tips. Oh, we did it. I think we solved comparison. Y'all, y'all will never have, never be envious of anybody. Nope. You're all done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your sweet? Um, my sweet was something that Richard said to me this past week. <gasps> a sweet, sweet. It's very sweet. So I was at a wedding this weekend. Congratulations, Tori and Justin. Um, and I was getting ready. And throughout most of the weekend, I was constantly getting compliments. Mm. Madison's makeup is always perfect. Her hair is so beautiful. She, all this stuff. And I just, how kept, did all that stuff make you feel? Um, it, made, it fits into this comparison thing. Yes. It made me feel like I was taking the spotlight away okay. from the bride. Yeah. And I was like, that's not fair. Everyone needs to cool it. And the thing is, is that I wear what I wear and do what I do because I like it. Uh-huh. I'm not doing it for anybody else. And so when I get compliments, I'm like, yes, that's sweet. But like the reason why we're here 
is for the bride. The yeah. bride should be the only one getting compliments. And I was explaining this to Richard and I was like, I felt bad because it, I felt like I was taking away from the bride's day. And he said this genius thing to me. He goes, Madison, there's enough compliments in the world for you and the bride. <gasps> and I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, people can tell you you're pretty or they like the way you dress and they can tell her that they loved her wedding dress and she had a lovely wedding. They can do yeah. both. Yeah. There's an, again, that abundance mindset uh-huh. of like compliments don't run out. Kindness doesn't run mm-hmm. out. And I was like, creativity oh, doesn't run it out. doesn't run out. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was just so genius. Well, and it goes to show that ranking, comparison, hierarchy, all of that isn't it's man-made, like it's made up. Yeah, I was like, she's the most important. She needs to be the one who everyone is focusing on. But they were, st- I mean, I don't think she felt slighted mm-hmm. as far as I know. Maybe she comes back and she tells me. But she, as far as I know, she had a good wedding. Mm-hmm. So people could still compliment me and also, you know, shower love on her on her special mm-hmm. day. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and actually, could it be even that people are in a generous mindset in that time. Like, mm-hmm. because everyone is kind of looking their best and everybody, you know, so it just piles on, you know? Yeah. Like, Everyone's so pretty. It's so pretty all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that was very nice of him to say. So, thank that you, Richard. That was a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's my suite. It's a kind of, uh, it's a different type of suite. Okay. okay. Um. So, I hate daylight savings time. Maybe that'll be my sour. I don't have a sour written down yet. Uh, but at time of the recording, yesterday, the Senate unanimously passed what they're calling, I think it's the Sunshine, maybe Sunlight or Sunshine. I think it's the Sunshine Protection Act. Okay. To end time change and to stay on daylight savings time. What? They can do that? Yeah. The, I mean, it, yeah, you could pass a law that like we don't change time anymore. So, okay. First of all, because the states can decide because there's yeah, like Arizona, Arizona and there might be another state that doesn't change, change time. Now, is Arizona on, like, are they on mountain time? And is that like the daylight savings time that we're on now? Like we just had the change. So now they are didn't they? didn't change. They didn't change at all. So right. they're still, what is it, an hour behind? Now they're two hours behind us. Oh, okay. Interesting. So... That maybe, so like by the time we get around to where we're supposed to quote fall back, we won't fall back? No, it would happen in 2023. Okay. It would stop because the transportation, (laughs) I don't know why this has to do with transportation. Oh. But transportation people were like, wait, we need time to get ready for the change. I wonder what factors go into that. We would fall back in 2022 and then we would spring forward in 2023 and then we would stay Stay. at that time. So what does that mean for winter that it's just going to be? It would mean that it would be really dark. Like it would be dark in the mornings for longer. Okay. So I read through a few quotes from senators and it seemed like the consensus was and why they call it like the Sunshine Protection Act. They think it will help with seasonal disorder, effectiveness, depression disorder, whatever. And, um, that overwhelmingly people agree that it's better to have the hour in the evening to make your day feel longer. We're moving away from that agrarian society Uh into a more urban where we're up at night anyways. Right. Um, and so I just couldn't believe that it was unanimous. So that means like everyone voted for it. it. Ah. I didn't think that in our partisan society right now, I did not think there would be anything that everyone would agree on. And apparently everyone agrees that changing, losing an hour sucks and we want to <laughs> stop. Woohoo! That's so, exciting. I, you don't have to worry about it. messing with your clocks. It's just, no. Yes. And because every time we t- change time, everyone's like, this is so dumb. Why are we still doing this? Yeah. And then you think, oh, wait, why are we still? Mm-hmm. Maybe it made sense, but does it still make sense? And we get to decide, no, it doesn't. And we get to change it. I love it. I love that humans can change. We're dynamic. We're a dynamic people, dagnabbit. There are a hundred other things that I wish <laughs> that Congress <laughs> would get rid of. Yeah. But I will start with daylight savings time. Perfect. Um, okay, what's your sour? My sour is 
I was working on a skirt this morning. I was actually sewing for once. It was great. The problem was is that I cut into my fashion <gasps> fabric where I wasn't supposed to cut. It's right near the waistband, so I'm going to have to figure out a way to like patch it as seamlessly as mm. possible. I have some leftover fabric, so maybe I can like do s- and it's a print, so maybe I can do some creative like pattern matching to yeah. replace that piece that I cut or maybe some interfacing magic, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Can you wear a belt with it? It's a wrap skirt, so it doesn't really oh, have belt loops. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm I, sorry. Yeah. And it, I, every time I do it, I'm like, Madison, why did you have your scissors that close to that spot? You knew this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But it's always because I was trying to do something faster or I have the wrong tool for the job. Right. Just pause and get the right tool. Yes. <sighs> it's worth slowing down. It is. Even though it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, I guess my sour is that we lost an hour this week and it really makes me tired. Well, and it was in a ridiculous way. It was rainy and cloudy too. So it just seemed like we were supposed to be in bed anyway. Yeah. You know, heart attacks and car accidents go up the week after we lose an hour. Really? Mm -hmm. Now don't ask me for a source on that because I don't remember. (laughs) But yeah, they've done studies. Mm, see, we should just not be not be doing that anymore. No. Let me tell you, after partying hard at a wedding and then <laughs> having to do daylight savings. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm, I was a hot mess. I'm still a hot mess. I feel like um, this is why it would just be easier to get rid of it. But I almost feel like there should be mandated easing in mm. to it. So... Like on the Monday after, everything would start an hour later. Mm-hmm. And then... On Tuesday, it would be like 45 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday would be 30 minutes later. And then 15 minutes later. And then by Friday, you'd be on the actual You've time. you your way but up. But you would ease in. Yeah, that'd be nice. I guess we've kind of eased our way in here at the studio. But I know other people didn't but not get everyone is as lucky as us. I know. I mean, they're probably comparing their work to our work. And ours looks like just fun and bubbles and... Balloons well, all the time. I used to get that as an education major. All y'all do is color and whatnot. And I thought, you don't know what it's like to be an education major. Mm-mm. And now when with my job, they're like, oh, you get to, like, it's so much fun. But the uh, parents know for sure. They know. They're like, uh. Yeah, you deal with, like, what, 10, 8-year-olds all at once? Yep. Nah, that's a hard job. <laughs> well, and there's just, that's only one part of what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff there's, I do. Yeah. It's the Half the time it's microwaving Joe's coffee to make sure it's hot. Half the time? <laughs> I'm just Half joking. Half the time. <laughs> I knew that would get you. <laughs> Is 30 seconds a day half the time? <laughs> also, I microwaved my own coffee this morning. She did. See, I got, it. I got you going. <laughs> yeah, because you know I just want to be impressive to the people. I hate that I care so much. Um, okay, my sour. Oh, did I say probably daylight, daylight savings, savings time? Daylight savings time is your sour. Yeah. I am excited because, so maybe this is another suite. Uh, so my friend Brian just finished up some DIY projects that I had started and did not want to finish. And so I hired a professional, mm-hmm. like a grown up, to come um, finish it. And so he just finished the work this week, which means now I can like start doing some stuff that's been on my list. But the first thing I think I'm going to have to do is paint my ceiling. And I've never done that before. So it feels a little, uh, intimidating. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You just slap paint up there, right? Or do you have popcorn ceilings? I have textured ceiling, but they're, they've been painted. Okay. And, uh, if you just slap paint up there, it's going to look bad. I don't know. Just get your roller with one of those long things and like, right. Have at it. Yes. But, but if you're, don't do it right, then you'll be able to see the lap marks of the roller. And like when you go in and you, you can see someone's ceiling that has bad paint job. Yeah. Because the light and shadows show up on the ceiling in ways they don't show up on the walls. So it sounds like you've already got a good start. You already know that you've got to do it the right way. Yeah, but that makes it scary, you know? Eh, yeah. Because it's going to be a lot of work. Well, I have faith in you. I I have faith in me, too. I know I can do it. It's just not the fun part mm-hmm. of 
the total thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it has to be done first. Gotcha. But that's kind of nice. It has to be done first. So then you get to enjoy the fun stuff later. Yes. It's like saving your favorite food for the end of the meal. Yes. And I'm trying to decide. I haven't quite decided what color I want to do. Like if I, I think I want the ceiling to be the same color as the walls. Okay. Okay. And the trim. I think I want it all to be the same. Like everything. Trim, ceiling, walls, all yes. same color. Yeah. So okay. that it like just blends into this monochromatic dreaminess. And then I can have the pops elsewhere. So you've decided on a paint color. Last I, we talked. I have not. Okay. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> I haven't decided on a paint color it, because it might be dependent on if I want everything to be the same or if I want there to be a little bit of contrast. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if I want the trim and the ceiling to look white, then my wall color needs to be a little darker. But if I want it to all blend in, it can be a little bit lighter. Okay. See, do you get it now? Yeah, there's some stuff going on there. You got some planning to do. Yeah. But that's exciting. That is exciting. I sang a song at the beginning, but I'll sing a song now to you too. Cause two songs is better than one. And, and now you can compare the songs to <laughs> Perfect. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Pipster did so good. <laughs>